0: Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason so that our lives can impact the world. So, wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, welcome to No Limits Church. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth, who you saw up here singing this morning. Hey, babe, love that new song. It's awesome. But at No Limits, we're on this mission of making a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom, and we want to help people discover their purpose. In other words, we want to help you live the life that God created you to live, like he had a plan for you before you were even born. Can you all believe that? Well, that's what the word tells us, and that's what we're after. So it's a journey. You don't get there overnight, but the goal that we're reaching for is actually found in Ephesians 3.20, which we call our core scripture here at No Limits, which basically says that God wants to blow our minds with what he can accomplish through us as a church when we come together as one people who take the limits off of what God wants to do in our lives. So that's what we're after. But before we get into the message today, I want to tell you about something really exciting coming up this Saturday. Everybody say this Saturday. Y'all have probably noticed that marriage is under attack in our culture. And if we don't stick together as people who support godly marriage, then our marriages might just become victim to what's going on out there, that craziness. So this Saturday, March 7th, we're hosting our first ever marriage night, and I'm pumped about it. We're calling it a date night experience with lifelong impact. We believe you're going to have a good time, and we believe you're going to walk away from that, and you're going to remember it for the rest of your life. That's what we're believing for. We'll kick off the event, inviting God into our marriages through worship followed by a powerful message from our founding pastors, which are my parents, Mark and Gina Young. They've been married for over 35 years, and their marriage is still on fire. So they got some wisdom to share, I can tell you that. I don't know if I want to hear it, I might have to step out. But, I mean, that's my parents after all. But then while we're eating uh, steak and chicken kebabs from Zoe's Kitchen, which is going to be delicious, we'll have an open Q&A where you guys can anonymously ask your most burning questions about marriage. You won't be identified, so you can seriously ask anything, and hopefully we can embarrass my parents then. It'll be a good time. So we'll end the night with a date night experience. We're going to transform this room into kind of like a dance floor, and we're bringing in dance instructors to show you all how to slow dance, in case you don't know how. But if you're like, Kate, I will never dance. That's okay. We're going to have the other room set up with games and things like that, so you can just sneak over there and go have a good time playing board games and cards with other couples. Y'all, we'll even have uh, out in the lobby, we're going to teach you how to make uh, pour over Chemex coffee. If y'all want to know how to make fancy coffee, we're going to show you how. So there's all kinds of things you can do. It's going to be a good time. Um, the cost is $60 per couple, which is a sweet deal for like meal and entertainment. But if that's out of your budget, don't let that stop you. We have scholarships available and we'd be happy to extend one of those to you. All you got to do is text us or email us to let us know and we'll get you all set up on that. So how you register, I think they've had it up on the screen this whole time. You text the word marriage to our number, 918 373 and then we'll text you back a link. You just tap that link, and you can register there. All right, y'all. Today, we're kicking off a new series called Things Jesus Never Said. These days, it's easy to kind of see life the way we want to. We can filter our images on Instagram to make ourselves look better. We can pick the news we want to hear. And we can choose to only listen to the viewpoints that we agree with. And what happens is this kind of distorts our view of culture. We don't have a true view of it. And the same thing can happen to our view of God. We reshape our perception of who he is based on what we want to believe or what we want to think. So Jesus came to bring the truth about God and his plan for us. And get this, it rarely agrees with what culture is telling us. So, through this series, we're going to debunk those popular misconceptions. We're going to show you truth in the Word of God, and it's going to be powerful. I'm not the one delivering the message today. It's actually Chris Rose from Don't Look Back Prison Ministry. In case you don't know, Don't Look Back is a ministry we support by sending $500 every month uh, to help fund the amazing work that they're doing. The Bible is clear that we're supposed to love those who are in prison, and that's exactly what Don't Look Back is doing. They're going in and loving on those people, and they're bringing in the Word of God, and it's incredible. So, y'all... It's a blessing to be part of this, wouldn't you agree? And it's a blessing to have Chris Rose here with us today. So for part one of things Jesus never said, welcome Chris Rose.
1: Amen. They taken off a lot of filters to fix this. Anyway, <laughs> uh, first and foremost, I want to uh, introduce my wife, Jules, if you haven't met her. She's, uh, she's a blessing and it has been a blessing to me for the last 26 years, uh, the The part that I'm stepping into this morning, which I really want us to get an understanding of, and all of us are afflicted with it, whether you want to believe it or not, is the subject of forgiveness. It's a deep subject because we think we forgive people when we really don't. We want to think we walk around and forgive everybody, and I know better because I've got people, you know, I look back and go, what? They did what? Anybody remember August 7th of 1993? Anybody? Yes. It was a good Saturday. It was warm. It's a really good day. I woke up that morning and I was like, man, I've messed up. I've hurt every person I've ever been around, I've destroyed every relationship I've ever known. And the same thing that was ever done to me, I did to someone else. It's like the person who cuts you off in line or you cut them off in line and they honk, 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 or you honk, honk, honk. And then finally, five minutes later, you find yourself doing the same thing. Anybody familiar? (laughs) I thought, I have done all this stuff and hurt so many people. How could I possibly fix this? I thought and believed On August 7th of 1993, that I had to fix everything before I could ask Jesus into my heart. I believed a lie, right? On August 7th of 1993, living in a laundry room at my future sister-in-law's house, I had a washer and a dryer and a bed and a TV up on the dryer. And there was this dude on the TV saying this right here. If you're waiting to fix all your stuff before you come to Jesus, you'll never come. I met Jesus on August 7th, 1993 in a laundry room. I dropped to my knees and I asked Jesus to come into my heart because I, the, the lie had been dispelled. The lie had been pushed away. And some of us this morning are believing lies one way or another, right? Right? Just because we go to church doesn't mean we got it all figured out. Just because we showed up here this morning doesn't mean everything's great. It's not, right? It's not. Because listen, listen, the Cancer Institute of America has classified unforgiveness as a disease, it's a disease. And most of us have been afflicted with that disease. You can't have some of the things that's been done to us. And I know I'm saying us. Some of you had wonderful. I'm used to speaking in the prisons, man. (laughs) Because most guys in the prisons have had something happen to them to get them to go sideways. Is that right or wrong? Well, I want to say that 89% of you have had something wrong happen to you that has caused you to go sideways. Has anybody been afflicted with unforgiveness? Huh? Do you realize what it does to you? Anybody? You know the scriptures plainly state that Jesus said it's on you to choose who you might forgive. Ain't that what it says? No, that's not what it says. And then it also says something about the Lord came to the earth and died a horrific death for but a couple. (laughs) Is that right? No, he died for all. Is that right? Who am I supposed to forgive? All. And I guarantee you right now I can throw you sideways with all. I could. I could throw some people's names out here right now that you would walk out of here if I said you were supposed to forgive them. Right? Pedophiles. That makes me jump. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? Some of the very people that we go, oh no, they can never be forgiven. What does God say? Right? What does God say about that? So if we're carrying around unforgiveness, there's some various things happening to us in our lives. I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't mean to point her out too many times, but if Jules would have carried unforgiveness that I equipped her with. <laughs> no, I did. Man, I broke everything I said I would do. I broke it. When I married her, I said, I, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to walk like, I'm going to be just like Cade. Right? I'm going to do this all right. That lasted 37 seconds. (laughs) And I began to create things for her to not forgive me. And I'm not talking about little stuff like putting a salt shaker bag. (laughs) I'm talking about breaking, doing sin against her. If sin can cause you to be, if unforgiveness is a sin can cause you to be sick, she wouldn't be here. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because she has forgiveness in her heart. To me. Do you? For those that have hurt you, those that have lied to you, those that have stolen from you, those that have told you over and over again that they're different and they're not, do you have forgiveness? Or do you hold unforgiveness? With that in mind, forgiveness therapy is being offered. Forgiveness therapy is being offered at the Cancer Institute of America to help people become healed. Because when we think of healing, we think of machines and people and stuff. And healing is in here. We carry our own healing. It's right here. And if your heart is hurt with unforgiveness, you are making yourself sick. Is that right or wrong? We're getting the scriptures here in a minute. It says harboring these negative emotions, this anger and hatred creates a state of chronic anxiety. No wonder the church is where it's at, right? It's good. I know it's good in here. Very Seldom does he allow me, but at times God will allow me to hear something in the spiritual realm that's going on in a house. And this morning I heard chains hit the floor. That means they fell off of somebody, right? And that's the reason that we come and gather together so that we might be free. Because I can't be free by myself. I need someone to walk freedom out with, right? I need to know You came up short. So it helps me understand that my shortness is okay. Does that make any sense? That I missed it, but I'm going to be okay. I went for years thinking everybody in the church was perfect. I did. When I came into the church, I spent years thinking everybody that went to church was perfect because nobody was saying anything differently. Dude, I'm not perfect. Let's get that out of the way. But when I found out that, it set me free. And I could begin to forgive who? Me. When a person forgives from the heart, which is the gold standard we see in Matthew 8, forgiveness from the heart, we find that we're able to find a sense of peacefulness. Who here would like to have a little peace? Yes. Yes, amen. Right? Actually, we're supposed to have that at all times. Isn't the fruit peace? It's supposed to be there at all times, underneath it all. Quite often, uh, people who find that peacefulness begin to speak of a lightness. Take on my yoke. You know what he says? It's light. And this is what we've got to figure out. How do do I do that? I feel that I've already touched some people's emotions, so let's hang on here for a second. If you'll see the empty chairs next to you, I don't get too far out there, but they're not empty. There's angels in those chairs. And they're wanting to help. So don't let yourself go too far sideways. Right? Anybody in here been hurt? Yeah, we all have, right? But unforgiveness just continues to hurt you. And God told us to forgive. Did he not? And he didn't tell us to hang on to it. He said, get rid of it. You're not making them pay. We all know this. I'm not bringing up anything new here today. Is that cool? Ecclesiastic says there's nothing new under the sun. So this is stuff that we've been messing with since we came to the planet. Is how do we forgive someone who's hurt us? How do we forgive someone who's hurt someone we know? How do we do that? You can't. You can't do it. The one in you can. Jesus in us. And if you're in here today and Jesus is not in you, You can't forgive. It's not possible. Because our flesh man will not forgive nobody. Is that right? They're going to pay. I spent my whole life. They're going to pay. You don't get beat like I did as a child. You don't get raped. You don't get treated like crap and think, oh, I'll just let that go. Right? And not until I met Jesus was I able to let that go. Right. A simple definition of unforgiveness is a grudge against someone who's offended you. It's pretty simple, right? A grudge against someone who's unforgiveness is not have is uh, not having the compassion to forgive. There's another thing. Without Jesus, you ain't got no compassion because your every day is about you. You're your own god. And that's why people are out there doing all the things that they're doing right now because they're trying to fill the emptiness. Is that right? The void. They're trying to find something to put in there. Remember? Anybody remember? I remember August 7th of 1993 and everything that made me happy was outside of me. I had to reach for the dope. I had to reach for the sex. I I had to reach for something. You hear what I'm saying? But when Jesus got in me, I no longer have to reach outside of me. I don't need cigarettes. I don't need weed. I don't need none of that. Because I'm no longer having to reach. It's in me, right? Forgiveness is in us. We don't have to reach for it. They don't have to pay. They don't have to do something. They don't have to jump through hoops. It's in me. The sin of unforgiveness puts many people on the path to hell. If God can forgive you for your deepest, darkest sins, why can't you forgive someone for something small? Everybody knows the story, right? The the judge is fixing to put the dude in prison, right? Isn't he? The story, he's fixing to put him in prison. Not just him, but his wife and children. They're all going. Y'all going to prison. You owe me some money, you're going. Can you imagine if we had a debtor's prison today? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Nobody be out here. Anyway. Right? Because we were on debt to something. Anyway. But the judge has compassion, right? And he says, okay, I'll uh, forgive your debt. You and your family may go. And what does dude do? He goes out there and finds someone, owes him a buck fifty and says, hey, you get my dollar fifty or I'm going to put you in prison. That's what we end up doing. We've been forgiven everything. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've been forgiven everything you've ever done, did, or will do. We ain't got to lay down every day and ask for his forgiveness because it's in us. But if you ain't got Jesus, you haven't been forgiven and your only path is to the other direction. And I don't know about you, but I've seen hell and I don't want to go back there because all hell is is separation from God. That's what hell is, right? Many of us have experienced it. We all have multiple events in our lives where we can choose to not forgive. But if we have heard just from those few instances I gave there, who's going to pay the price if you don't forgive? You are. Most of the times we hold grudges against people and they don't even remember what they did wrong. We're trying to get them to pay for something they done forgot. And then we're waiting for them to... uh, to ask for forgiveness of something they don't even know they did wrong. We're weird. We are. We're weird. God loves weird. Praise the Lord. Right? Because, dude, we'll make everybody pay for everything and do the same thing. I already said that, but we'll do the same thing they did to us. Check this out, though. Forgiveness is not something that you say with your mouth. It's something that you do with your heart. This thing. Remember the old hard, crusty one? Everybody had one of those? Dude, I had a hard heart. I hated you. I hated every person that ever existed. Because all they ever did was hated me. Does that make sense? That's all I knew was hate. I thought every person was just... Like, you're a nice lady. I thought it was just a facade. I thought everybody just put up a good face, but everybody was out to get everybody. That's a terrible way to live, isn't it? Thinking that everybody's evil? Come to find out, there's very few evil people. I've seen evil. Evil looks a little different than all 'all. (laughs) y'all. Evil looks bad. Evil's ate up. Evil's of Satan. Right? Right? So it's not something you say with your mouth, it's to do with your heart. Many people say they forgive, but they truly never forgive. They harbor a hidden bitterness in their heart. Imagine if God did that. Oh, he doesn't quite measure up. Dude, I wouldn't have a chance. I'd have never got out of hell, and that's where I'd be going if I was supposed to measure up, right? I tried to measure up. I did. I came to know the Lord on August eighth, nineteen ninety three, in public profession of faith before a group of people, and from that day on, I tried to do better. Cut my hair short, put on a suit and tie, buffed my shoes. I tried. It never worked. Because I didn't understand. Right? Because I thought it was an image I had to throw out there. Images don't work. Images are for people without God. Images are something I gotta throw out there because of the size of my truck or how fast my bike is or all that crud. I don't need that. My man card I gave away. I gave it away. I don't want it. And when people say I'm weak because I need a God. I'm the weakest person you'll ever meet. Please spread that. That's good, Chris. There was no one weaker because I tried to be strong. he get me jacked. It got me jail, prison, addictions, everything that goes with trying to be strong. Debt, right? Because you got to look a certain way and that's a lie from the pit of hell. Right. All you got to do is be like him. Be Christ-like. Love people when they're unlovable. Open the door for people that are cussing at you. Right? Give them an opportunity to meet him. Is that right? They don't need to meet me. Oh, no. No, no, no. They need to meet the one in me. Is that right? Check this out. Forgiveness is the final form of love. Holding a grudge doesn't make you strong, it makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak, it sets you free. Who wants to be free? I want to be free from anything. I don't want anything outside of me telling me what to do. And unforgiveness is something I project outside of me. It may not even be towards you, but you're going to feel it. If I walk in unforgiveness, that's where that bitterness and negativity and anger and all that stuff comes from is unforgiveness. Because somebody needs to pay. And when you've been in a church and hurt in the church, guess what? You hurt every church you go to. Right? Because we, t- we could give around here real quick and find out there's a lot of hurt folks in this room that have been hurt by the church you got to let that go. It's people. People are going to hurt you. Right? And if you get to that point where you understand, hey, they're going to hurt me. That's how I was able to forgive my mother. Because I understood after years of abuse, I understood she was hurt. Hurt people hurt people. My mother was hurt. All she could do was hurt me. I forgave her. Right? So I don't have to carry that around. And then again, I don't have to do it to the next person. Right? It's that revolving mess that we walk through. Life, here, you got to check this one out. Life becomes easier when you learn to accept an apology you never received. Take it on anyway. Right? Why not? Everybody believe in prophecy? Right? Prophecy is what you tell yourself. I'm forgiven, so I forgive. Nobody owes me nothing. That's right. Nothing. I'm forgiven, so I forgive. Because if I'm unforgiving... How can I be forgiven? You can't. And we get this all messed up thinking somebody's got to pay. Nobody's got to pay nothing. The biggest price has already been paid. Right? And if Jesus could forgive those people, really? We don't have any complaints. Because we all have bad things happen to us, but nothing like that. Right? I ain't seen nary one of y'all hanging on a cross. <laughs> Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. It opens a whole new horizon for you. Because in unforgiveness, I can't trust you. So if somebody comes along that looks like you, they ain't got a chance. Someone comes along that sounds like you, they ain't got a chance. And all God's trying to do is speak through them into my heart. I don't care. If I'm dealing with a homeless person on the street, all I can see is Jesus trying to talk through him to me. Compassion. Help. How can I help him? Right? It's about the prisons, man. I'm not looking at a person because of the crime they did. I'm going to find out what let them do the crime. What allowed them to commit the crime? Well, something back there hurt them, right? Which allowed them to become criminal. Unforgiveness, right? Somebody's got to pay. Forgive others as quickly as you expect God to forgive you. I'm going to hit some scripture if that's okay. Are we ready? Pride is the enemy to forgiveness. That's the title of that. Pride is the enemy to forgiveness. Pride is the enemy of forgiveness. Pride is the enemy of forgiveness. Men are ate up with pride. We got to prove something to somebody. Right? And then we're trying to prove things to God. He didn't ask for that. Right? Right? Don't you know me? Anyway, Proverbs twenty nine twenty three says, a man's pride will bring him low. A man's pride will bring him low. Anybody been low? Low. I wish I could say this has been a mountaintop experience with me and Jesus. That'd be a lie. And due to my own hurts, I've caused it to be pretty rough. I am 27 years of walking with Jesus, and I'm still in counseling. I pay every week to go to counseling because I'm trying to get better. And I can't get better alone. Thank you that I'm not alone. Right? Proverbs 11.2 says, When pride comes, then comes shame. Oh, my. What does shame make people do? Buy big trucks. Buy big houses. Buy big stuff. Because we're walking in shame, and i got to prove to you who I am. But what was it? It was pride. Pride's terrible, and Satan loves it. It's his favorite card. You didn't know he owned a casino, did you? I don't mean that bad. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Yeah, I do mean that. Satan's evil. And anything that takes your money out of your pocket to keep you close for your kids, that's evil. And I've watched it over and over again. Proverbs 16, 18 says, everybody knows this one, pride goes before destruction. So can we say pride is the enemy to forgiveness? Check this out, though. Love is a friend to forgiveness, right? Love is a friend to forgiveness. Love is a friend to forgiveness. Can you love without Christ? No. (laughs) No. No, you cannot and you will not because love without Christ is about you. My first two wives experienced all that. I love you. I love you. And what? If they didn't do what I asked them to do, guess what? Love was pulled away. Oh, I love you until you mess up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But love comes as a friend to forgiveness. Without love, no one will see the Lord. Love is what removes pride. Love makes pride go away because the only love there is is Christ. Christ comes in, pride walks away. Does it happen overnight? Mm, it's a good time to cuss. I know.
0: <laughs>
1: It doesn't. It takes time. I'm at 27 years. I don't know how long it's going to take you. Hopefully 27 minutes, but I'm still trying to do it. I know I wouldn't change the life I have today for any part of what I had before. Even still messed up as I am. First Corinthians 13, 4-7 says, Love suffers long in his kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself it's not puffed up does not behave rudely Is anybody going to a restaurant after this? Anyway, does not seek its own is not provoked thanks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth bears all things believes all things and endures all things That's love that's forgiveness. That's what Christ did to us. He forgave us. He paid the ultimate price to draw us back to the Father. Right? That's forgiveness. So love is a friend of forgiveness. Colossians 3:13 and 14 says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint, no, cut that out. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also, I wanted to scream. Anyway, must do. It doesn't say at your time or when you want to, you must do. You must forgive. It'll hurt, but do it. It will hurt. Because in ourself, we don't forgive nobody, dude. You got to pay. But if I let it go, I don't end up paying. Have you seen any hurt people lately? Y'all drove here, right? If you've seen people, you've seen hurt people. There's hurt people, and we are the answer. 1 Peter 4, 8. And above all things have fervent, fervent, displaying a passionate intensity. Passionate. Mm, Passionate intensity. Passionate. Mm, Passionate. (laughs) Passionate. 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 Passionate intensity. Fervent love for one another. Is that right? For love will cover a multitude of sins. Love. Nothing else will. A blanket won't do it. A lie won't do it. Paint won't do it. But love will. Love will cover it up, man, like it's not even happened. So, love is a friend of forgiveness. The greatest forgiveness. You want to hear about the greatest forgiveness? Luke 23, 34. Then Jesus said, he's on the cross. Right? He's got the one on the left side laughing at him. He's got the other one going, what the heck are you doing up here? Right? Why is he even up here? He done nothing. Why is he here? And what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Really? And we're going to hold unforgiveness? He's on a cross, had been beaten and subjected to everything that could happen, right? And what I even find sometimes more is the fact that those that said that they loved him were cursing him in their minds as he was going to the cross. He's going to get me in trouble. Kind of like us when we're out and about and somebody, oh, you're a Christian? Oh, I got to go. No, man, yes, I'm a Christian. Bring it. But he was, they were on the cross, and the one was laughing. Yet Jesus had heard everybody's thoughts on the way to the cross. It's nice when we compliment each other. You're looking sharp today, sir. Everything's great. But could you imagine if you could hear what I'm thinking? (laughs) No. Do you hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? Oh, we can puff each other up quick. Man, dude needs a freaking haircut. What's he doing up there? Why'd they let him come in here? Right? But Jesus was like, I hear you. I got to go. I got a program here. Right? And went and did it. The greatest forgiveness was walking to the cross. Right? Hebrews 8 and 12 says, For I I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Anybody remembering somebody else's mess? We got to let that go, man. We can't carry that around. Would you go out and pick up some Corona and carry it with you? I know it's a sensitive subject. I'm sorry. Corona thinks it's sensitive because it's messing up their beer sales. Anyway, no, it's true. People are not buying Corona because they're not smart enough to figure it out. It has nothing to do with the beer. It's a virus. <laughs> I'm serious. Their beer sales is down. That's terrible. That's good, though. you know. Less drunks. Anyway. No, it's a terrible thing. But would you grab it and hold on to it and carry it around with you? If they classify unforgiveness as a disease, why are we carrying it? Why are we keeping it? It's killing me. Why do not want to keep it? I want to let it go. I want to be able to jump and shout, have a smile on my face, be happy. Not be be ashamed, be happy. Jesus did it all. It's like people I see riding around on Harleys got a big frown on their face. Have you lost your mind? (laughs) Get a smile, dude. You're on a Harley at 70 degrees. Start laughing. (laughs) Like, people are so unhappy. We are supposed to be happy. I know people are like, oh, it don't say happy in the Bible. Read Matthew 5. Just read it. Bless has something to do with being happy. Right? I went off track there, sorry. <laughs> Ephesians 1.7. It says, the greatest forgiveness. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Can we say that we've been forgiven? You can if Jesus is in your heart. You can say that. If Jesus isn't in your heart, you're not forgiven and you can't forgive. It's not in you. And Satan hates you. With the hatred that's equal to the love that God has for you, Satan hates you. Because who do you look like? God. And he's going to mess up everything he can in your path to not just mess you up, to mess up your whole family, to get you to walk in unforgiveness and pain and hurt. And what's worse is when we become followers of Christ and we're still walking that way. Has this been all right? Are we good? I can me get you to bow your head, please? I'm going to ask two questions here this morning. Man, don't be don't be ashamed of this, man. But if right now you, you've been holding some unforgiveness towards someone or some situation or something that might have happened in your life, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I just want to pray and believe with you. That, that can be off of you because I believe those chains that fell fell off of you. They're no longer holding you, and that will not, that unforgiveness will no longer hold you. Let it go. And my second request and call is for those that may not know Jesus. Today might be your day. Just want you to give thought just for a second here as I, as I share about Him. See, Jesus wasn't crucified on the cross because they put him there. He was crucified on the cross because he put himself there. He put himself on the cross in order to get his brothers and sisters back to his father. So that we could come home. That's why he did it. And today he's offering that same thing to you. So if you don't know Jesus today and you'd like to ask him into your heart, I'm just going to ask you to raise a hand. If you could raise a hand up and say, I'd like Jesus in my heart. Anybody? Like an opportunity. I just want to pray over us all. Is that good? Father, I thank you for these that have stood. I ask you, God, right now in the name of Jesus. You that are standing, I'm going to ask you to put put a hand on your heart. Place your hand on your heart. Lord God, the very place that I'm touching right now, I'm asking you to touch. Touch my heart. Renew in me, Lord, a steadfast spirit that the unforgiveness would go away and forgiveness would enter in. Lord, I know it's more than I can do, but because of you, I can do it. So Father, I pray for these that have stood, that they begin to walk out the unforgiveness and walk into forgiveness I thank you for their lives I pray a boldness over them Lord I ask you God even the memory of what it was begin to dissolve and turn into exactly what the way you see it God that hurt people hurt people and Lord I thank you that they're delivered that is broken off of them the lie of the enemy is cast away no longer are they subject to unforgiveness but they walk in the lightness and the peace. I pray for their health, Lord, that it begins to turn towards wholeness and completeness, that everything that comes by doesn't attach itself to them because they are now walking in forgiveness. I pray that for all of us, Lord, that we walk in forgiveness continually towards all around us, for all are to come to know you. Lord, let us not be judged. Thank you that you are. We give you praise. We give you honor and glory. I thank you for souls being touched by this house. I thank you, Father God, for all that you're doing through this place. I thank you for the opportunity to walk with my brothers and sisters, sharing the gospel, making the one more important than the 99. I just praise you today, and I thank you for this opportunity to share with my brothers and sisters everything that you are, all that you have for us, and the freedoms that we can walk in because of one thing, Jesus in our heart. In his name I pray, amen. God bless you.
0: Yeah, let's give Chris a hand. Thank you, Chris. Fun fact for y'all, Chris, 15 years ago, Chris, was my youth pastor. Can you believe it's been that long? Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> well, hey, if you just uh, prayed to receive Jesus for the first time, we want to support you along that journey, but we can only support you if we know about it. So we've set up an easy way for you to tell us. I think they're going to put the information on the screen. You just text the word JESUS to 918-373-9883. We're not going to bug you. We're not going to spam you. We're just going to help you take those next steps that you need to take. So don't be afraid to do that. I'll leave that on the screen just for a minute so you can write that down if you need to. I also want to mention that um, one of the kids from our first through fifth grade class two weeks ago told his dad, he's like, Dad, I... I'm ready. I'm ready to receive Jesus. So can you come get me during the altar call part of the service and bring me in the service? So they did, and that was Chris and Audrey's son, Cole. They brought him in two weeks ago, and he received Jesus. So awesome. I love our kids. Y'all, kids are such a blessing. I know the world sees them as a nuisance, but we don't see them that way here at No Limits. They're our future. They're a blessing. They're a gift from God, and man, we love them, even whenever they're ornery and loud and crying, and we still love them. (laughs) <laughs> They're awesome. Well, if you came prepared to give today, here's how you do it. Uh, if you're given by cash or check, just raise your hand, and one of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. If you're given with a debit or credit card, you can use the instructions on the screen behind me. Or if you want to give later um, throughout the week, or if you're listening online right now, you can just head to your browser on your phone, computer, wherever. Type in limits.fyi. And then tap the giving button. It'll get you where you need to go. And speaking of giving, I heard today that um, in Mexico, they just built a new building. And many of you know, but I'll tell those of you, in case you don't know, that we support a ministry in Mexico by sending $1,000 every month to them to fund what they're doing there. And they just finished their new building, they're dedicating it today. And so it's just really cool. I'll have to show you all a picture next week because, man, they did a beautiful job. For it's, Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Let's pray over our offering. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing through our giving. God, you accomplished amazing things through this church. And we thank you that it just continues to grow, that you continue to multiply it as it comes in, as it goes out, in supernatural ways, God. We thank you for every life that's being touched as a result of our giving. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.